on the 15th full moon day of the 8th lunar month was the anniversary of Asalaha Puja. Asalaha means the 8th month. So the Puja in the 8th lunar month. And we know well that it is when the Venerable Anya Kodanya, the leader of the Panchawagiya, the five ascetics, gained the eye of Dhamma. After this, there was Venerable Yasa, who was a son of a wealthy family in the city of Varanasi. In his past, he had developed and practiced spiritually for a long time. He aspired to be one of the Asiti Sawakas, the eighty great disciples of the Sammasambuddha, the perfectly awakened Buddha. He had built his Barami, spiritual perfection of dana, generosity, a lot already, and so he was born as a son of a wealthy man. Yasa had built Barami in the past, when there were the deceased who had no relatives to take care of their cremation. The deceased would have a lot of fat in their stomach, which would make it hard to cremate, as there was too little firewood. So he got a long piece of wood to pierce the stomach, so the fire could penetrate in. There was a loud sound, and the fat oozed out. He saw it and got an imitator, a mental vision or sign staying in the mind, and he could enter the first jhana, mental absorption. He practiced for many more lifetimes and existences and got firm samadhi concentration to the highest level until he got that stable nimitta for many lifetimes. Then in his last life, when he had full parami, he had happiness of all types. He enjoyed all sorts of happiness to the utmost. When he wanted the most excellent food, he ate it all. But he never saw that it was enough at all. He had a large following of servants and entertainers. He had everything. He had all the happiness. But he was not satisfied with it. It wasn't enough. He contemplated it constantly. And when his spiritual development was full, and when it was time, he saw his servants and entertainers when they were sleeping, and they were all in a disorderly state. The image of the cremation ground that he had contemplated before arose clearly in his mind. It was as if all his servants and entertainers were sleeping in a cremation ground like fresh corpses. This reverberated in his mind a lot and he felt wary and revulsed. How could what he had seen as beautiful be like this today? Nothing was lasting. So this is called insight arising. Vipassana Yana. Seeing Sankara, this bodily heap, as not beautiful or attractive, this arose clearly in him. So Yasa walked out of the house without having anywhere to go, but deep in his heart he wanted to find peace, because his mind was distressed. He knew that Isipatana forest was a place of peace, a place for ascetics. It was peaceful, not distressed. And if we have been to India before, we know that when it is distressed, it's really chaotic. But there are other places where it is not chaotic. Back then, the Isipatana forest would have been many thousands of acres because the population was not yet big. When Yasa walked into the forest, 
the Buddha knew this with his Buddha knowledge because Yasa had already entered the net of the Buddha's awareness. The Buddha exclaimed that here it is not distressed, here it is not oppressed. Yasa was distressed and oppressed in his heart. Here it is not distressed, not oppressed. And the Buddha said, Yasa, you should sit and listen to the Dhamma. Oh, these words, if it was us and we walked in and we thought in our minds that we were distressed and oppressed and met a Krubhajan, a great teacher, someone who we had never met before, who called out to us by our name, then how much faith would we gain? The Barami of the Buddha was the foremost, and no one could compare, and his voice was sweet, his mind was pure and liberated. When he said just this much, it made Yasa have faith and rapture arise. From being distressed and oppressed to having rapture full in his heart, the Buddha said, Come here, here it is not distressed. Yasa was repeating inside, It's so distressing, so distressing. You should come here, here it is not distressed, not oppressed. You should listen. This was something not easy to do. This shows the Buddha had changed the mind and heart of Yasa already. The old Barami of Yasa arose, and he had rapture and bliss arise, and had an overflowing sense of peace come up when he sat down. The Buddha then taught the Anupubhikata, the gradual teaching, about dana, giving. The benefit of giving dana is that there is happiness arising, and in each life one has abundance. This was already deep in his mind, because in this life he had received it already, and he had rapture in his heart and did not have any doubts in listening to the Dhamma. He took his mind to contemplate following the Dhamma the Buddha taught, and Yasa's mind felt incredibly spacious and clear. After Yasa's mind understood clearly to the level of dana, the Buddha continued teaching on sila, moral conduct, giving abhaya dana, the gift of fearlessness, not harming anyone, not having ill will for each other. So the Buddha taught further about restraint of body and speech called sila. Yasa had kept the spiritual perfection of sila for countless lives already. He was internally full of sila. His sila parami was full already. The Buddha taught of the benefit of dana and sila is the arising of happiness. Yasa saw clearly in his mind that he had a lot of happiness already. And when the Buddha saw this, then he continued to teach that dana and sila is happiness, that it is heaven. We can see that each person wants heaven, that is, wants happiness, to meet with an existence that has happiness. Or we as humans, if we have a mind that is joyous, and we have a house that can protect against sun and rain, where we can live at ease, then we have happiness and joy. This then is our heaven already, and this is simply the result of our dana and sila coming up. But the Buddha didn't stop teaching there, because though it is really heaven, 
we can't stay in heaven forever. It is natural that heaven arises from the strength of merit, and there is change according to causes and conditions. We still need to cycle through birth and death, which is suffering. Not to be pleased with forms, sounds, odours, flavours, physical sensations and mental objects at all. The taking up of the brahmacharya, the holy life, is a higher happiness. Yasa contemplated the drawbacks of sense pleasures and the truth as well. He had been in heaven before and was complete in all things and aspects, in the past and in this life too. When he saw the drawbacks of sense pleasures, his mind was determined to hold the Brahmacharya life, that is the mind that has one-pointed peace. Yasa could enter the first jhana easily, but the power of jhana that he had at the time when he listened to the Dhamma wasn't just entering into it and being peaceful with no interest in Dhamma, but he contemplated the Dhamma as well. Then the Buddha taught into the Four Noble Truths that suffering is like this. We should be aware of the discomfort of the body and the mind, the distress and the birth, old age, sickness and death, which is suffering. Suffering doesn't just come from nowhere. There is tanha, craving and upadana, attachment, that makes suffering arise. If we are able to be free from suffering, then we need to practice in dana, sila, bhavana, meditation, or sila, samadhi, panya, wisdom. It makes us able to destroy the defilements, and then niroda, the cessation of defilements, arises. So we need to give up upadana, the sense of self, of me and mine. Yasa listened to the Dhamma and Sila, Samadhi, Panya gathered together and he gained the eye of Dhamma at the time of dawn. So sitting there, he saw the Dhamma. Here, when Yasa had seen the Dhamma and was sitting with the Buddha, Yasa's father and mother were very distressed that their beloved son had disappeared. They didn't know where he had gone and so they had people looking for him everywhere. When his parents were looking for Yasa, they met the Buddha at Isipatana Migadaya forest. And here the Buddha showed a miracle. He made it so that Yasa's parents and Yasa could not see each other. This is what it says in the suttas. But if outside of the suttas, in the present day, we could imagine that the Buddha told Venerable Yasa to go stay behind a big tree first. But in the suttas it says that the Buddha made it so that they couldn't see each other. In the present day, this could be compared to if we've had it before when there is something or someone near us, but we can't see it or them. This is normal. So the Buddha would have been able to do this miracle without difficulty. When Yasa's father and mother sat and listened to the Dhamma, the Buddha gave the same sermon, the Anu Pupigata. And Venerable Yasa's wealthy parents became Sotapanna's stream-enterers. They were the first pair of lay disciples of the Buddha Sasana that saw the Dhamma. And as for Venerable Yasa, who had heard the Dhamma talk for the second time, we can imagine the outcome. He attained Arahantship. 
So Venerable Yasa listened to the Dhamma for the first time and became a Sotapanna, and for the second time an Arahant. How? Because his Samadhi was full already. Wisdom arose. Here, Yasa's parents could see him now, and he could see his parents. They invited him to go back home, but they saw their son had attained to a high level of awakening and wouldn't go home any more. So, Venerable Yasa asked for ordination from the Buddha through the Ehi Bhikkhu Upasampada, where the Buddha exclaimed, Come Bhikkhu, the Dhamma has been well expounded. Practice the Brahmacharya life. Here there was no phrase to make an end of suffering, because Yasa had already made an end of suffering. So here this was an important sutta that we can contemplate into. The Buddha taught this with metta, goodwill and compassion to all sentient beings, and that Venerable Anya Kodanya could understand the first sermon that the Buddha gave easily because he had built the causes and conditions already, like we are building it in this life. We have built dana and sila in this life. We keep the five moral precepts. Like wise people may say that to have these five precepts, one can become a sodapana. So keeping the five precepts well is a foundation. But it's not just the five precepts. If we just sleep with the five precepts, sit with the five precepts, and just wait for becoming a sodapana, then this is not it. We must practice dhamma, must listen to dhamma, learn dhamma, develop mindfulness and samadhi, making it firm so wisdom arises. Seeing the arising and ceasing of rupa, materiality, and nama mentality, and that will be the attainment of sodapana. A sodapana is one who has no eighth life in this world. May you all have happiness. May you be established in dana, sila, bhavana, or sila, samadhi, banya. May you all see the Dhamma.